Thank you, Trevor. Uh, so we're going to have a time where we're going to go into some questions. Um, and thank you again, Trevor, for um, bringing um, Romans 8 to us. I think Romans 8 is probably one of the more encouraging um, chapters in Romans. Um, and you really explained it well in, in terms of how we can uh, take away and think about our freedom in Christ. So I just wanted to ask you a few questions. And then I'll open the floor for others to ask questions and bring reflections on Romans 8. So um, the first question I had for you, Trevor, was um, what does the freedom given to us from Christ look like? Thanks. Yeah, thanks, Denzel. Um, that's a really good question. And um, I-, I was thinking about it this morning, and I guess two words which came to mind were um, assurance and security. And I suppose I was thinking about how some of the freest people I know they just have that, that sense of personal assurance, which means that they're no longer slaves to other people's views and expectations and criticisms. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm, you know we, we, we need to remember as well what, what freedom in Christ doesn't look like. It, it's not that I'm at liberty to do as I please, <laughs> sort of disregard others. Yeah. We, we haven't had time in the series to cover Romans 6, but that begins, you know, Paul talks there about you don't go on sinning so the grace may increase. So it's not that I, I, I'm in a place where I no longer have obligations, you, you know, moral obligations or obligations to other people. But it just seems to me it's, it's something very fundamental about our understanding of ourselves and how God relates to us and how we are to live in relationship to, to him. And, you know, Paul talks here about how we're loved by a God who who wants us to call him Father. He doesn't want us to be striving for his approval. He just wants us to know that we're loved. Uh, We don't have to worry or chase after the things pagans desire. You know, I thought, again, when we think of God as Father, all that stuff in the sound of the mind. He wants us to know we've got a heavenly Father who knows what we need. And that's enough, and he'll supply that. And, And I guess well, I just thought, Denzel, there's so much in Romans 8 in this passage. There wasn't time to explore it all. But there's something about the spirit as well. And now you freedom and helping us live in that freedom. So he, he enters in and he helps us. I, I don't need to convince myself of God's love for me. Because the spirit draws close and, and he affirms Amen. Father's love uh, to me. Yeah. Amen. Thank you for that, Trevor. Um, and the second question I had for you was, after reading Romans 8, do you still think that there will be Christians that don't feel free? Uh, yes, <laughs> I, th- I think so. Um, I, I mean, I know I've said it before. Um, this has come up a number of times in the foyer in, in this series. I, I still think a lot of us do struggle with grace. And, and we can understand it as a concept, but to actually live out this belief uh, and this truth that what I do doesn't earn me God's approval. Uh, I just think we find it hard. And, uh, you know, we've spoken about being, not being condemned. I think we live in a society where there are lots of condemnations coming away a lot of the time and lots of demands people make of us. You know, some of us here this week, we felt condemned by our boss. Uh, some of us this week will have felt condemned by social media or, or adverts and say, you don't look the right way. You don't have the right stuff. Uh, some of us might even feel condemned um, by people in church. 
um, because of, of, of stuff which has been said. So, you know, there are so many judgments that come our way and, and can plant that seed of, of doubt that says you're not good enough and you're not making the grid. But again, I just come back to, you know, it's not what God says to us. God says, uh, you're my child and uh, I love you and you're precious. So you bring me your concerns uh, and you call me Abba. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Trevor. And the last question I had uh, for you was, are there ways that we could be reminded that we are free in Christ and not just free, but a part of God's family? Yeah, thanks, Denzel. Again, these these are really helpful questions to actually unpack what this looks like. I, I, I find myself thinking, is a lot of this just about perspective? And I know I struggle with this. You know, we all live such busy lives uh, and they're full of pressures and demands, uh, which a lot of us are under. And it, it's hard to get a sense of perspective. So it's just something about building in habits and building in times when I, when I can step back uh, and when I can be still uh, and pray. And maybe again, today might be a good day to do that. Like Sabbath. Maybe Sabbath is something to reflect on. You think again, we spoke a little bit about Exodus and what we read over there, here are people and they're set free from slavery and then they're given this gift by God. It's not going to be like Egypt where Pharaoh will say, make more bricks seven days a week with less straw. God's gift to you is you've got one day a week. You're not owned by anyone else or, or, or their demands. And today's Sunday, <laughs> you know, to just stop. Everyone stop. Get some rest step back, get some perspective, go for a walk, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and maybe with regards to family bit as well, I think the other thing I just thought was, maybe we all need to think ourselves, so what am I doing to contribute to my brother or sister's sense of freedom in Christ? Or, or what might I do which takes away from it? You know, am I going to make a, I'm going to make a criticism of someone. I'm going to send an email to them or what or whatnot. Does it really matter? Does it really matter? Are my actions going to be a grace bringer or a condemnation bringer to, to, to that person? Not saying sometimes we need to challenge each other. We do. Yeah. But, you know, am I going to be a grace destroyer or a grace builder, <laughs> uh, if, if, if you like, in, in my interactions? That's really helpful. Thank you. Um, so I'm just going to open up the floor for anyone who has questions for Trevor or have any uh, reflections they would like to share. Please Feel free to wave your hands or unmute yourself. I think I've got one person already, Alan. So, Alan, if you unmute yourself, please. Thank you. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, Trevor, you said something uh, in, in the sermon about uh, God condemned the sin in the flesh of Jesus, but not in the person of Jesus. Could you just explain that a bit more, do you think? Yeah, and, and, and it's, um, I mean, it's interesting. This, this phrase, flesh, comes up. Uh, quite often uh, in Paul's writings. And, and I don't think when he's talking about that, he's saying that, you know, our bodies are inherently sinful. Uh, for example, uh, um, th th there's, there's a different different Greek word for body and a different Greek word for flesh. But I, I think... Uh, uh, is, is God... <coughs> my reading of the, those verses would be, and again, Tom Wright is very helpful on this. I don't think God is feeling the need to punish his own son or, or make Jesus pay, pay a price uh, or, or suffer 
out of God's retribution uh, or, you know, because 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 someone somewhere has to be punished. And the only way God can deal with this is if 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 someone has to be punished. I, I, I think the way that I read those verses is he's saying, I mean, God wants to destroy sin. <laughs> And that can only happen by means of a sacrifice and that can only happen by means of the one who is fully obedient and and living the life God always intended offering himself for us. And, you know, we have to recognise we we see the language of of sin and the judgment seat uh, in in, in Romans 3. It's it's there. But I, I just think there is... A way of reading that, which I, I can reconcile more to God's love, when I, I understand that He is He's condemning He's condemning sin in the flesh and not condemning His Son, who 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 He loves. And if sin has been condemned in the flesh, there's something there about to condemn sin does seem to speak as well of breaking its 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 power, which um, which I find helpful. To, to think of as well so yeah i hope that helps on <laughs> um, it's a difficult one isn't it <laughs> yeah yeah oh michael is that michael jesus did feel forsaken because he did say right. my god my god why have you forsaken me so he did experience yeah. that didn't he yeah he did and and there's definitely I, I, I mean, he, he he entered in, I think, definitely. I mean, he's spoken of as the one who bore our infirmities as well, isn't he, Michael? So there's something about... He, he enters into our, our, our experience of human fallenness. I mean, again, these are things which are are beyond our understanding or comprehension or grasp. He enters into our experience of fallenness and our aloneness. And I mean, really, the aloneness of death is almost the, 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 the ultimate thing that we, you know, no one can do with us. He, he enters into that and that sense of, of abandonment uh, and clearly feels the sense of being cut off by, from God, which I guess sin, sin has done. But, um, but does he feel condemned by God? I think even, you know, he still knows his father loves him and his father speaks of his love to him. You know, the transfiguration, not long before he's going to go to Jerusalem and go to his cross, he, he's still told of, of his father's love to him. It's big stuff, isn't it? it it's, um, and, and maybe that's one of the ultimate tragedies of what he suffers for us, that he, he, even though he knows so much of his father's love, he, he still feels that sense of being of being forsaken. It's huge, yeah. Big stuff. Does anyone have any other questions or reflections? Chris. Yeah, back to your second question, Denzel. Um, the way I see it is that... Uh, uh, we used to sing a chorus, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his wonder and grace. Now, the more we do that, the mm. less we are influenced by 
as it were, adverse uh, things around us, such as materialism and mm -hmm. condemnation and judgment by others and by the world. Yeah. Thank you, Chris. Yeah, you're, you're, you're right, Chris, aren't you? And I mean, it's interesting. Paul talks about himself as being a slave to Christ, doesn't he? You know, it's interesting. He talks here about being free from slavery. Elsewhere, he, he uses the very language of slavery, doesn't he, to, to, to speak of his relationship to Christ. So there's something about, you know, we, this freedom doesn't come in half measures. It's about being all in, isn't it? With, with yeah. Jesus. Yeah. 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 Any last few questions before we go into our breakout rooms? I think that's Paul's hand. Yeah. Trevor, I wonder, um, you know, we are, we're very conscious, of, as we read in Romans, you're very conscious of the, the sacrifice of Christ. And, mm -hmm. and as you say, it's not the, I believe very strongly, it's not the condemnation of Christ. It's, it's just that he is the perfect sinless sacrifice. He bears all our sins, but he is not, not condemned for sin in himself. And yet the world that we've seen for the last 2000 year, years since then is corrupted utterly by sin. Uh, and unfortunately that includes those who have, received christ and claimed to be christ's followers as well as the multi-billions who have not heard the gospel ever um and i'm just just wondering whether this in, where in all of that is the fact that people receive the salvation of god in christ but are resistant to the transforming power of the holy spirit is this one of the, a fundamental weakness of his community whether in church or as individuals <laughs> oh gosh paul yeah i mean i i i wonder paul we yeah i, I think there's there's a huge question you've raised there about discipleship and i mean paul talks so much about Yes, there is the announcement here of the, the legal status which is changed, the not guilty verdict which is announced, but to be a follower of him is 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 not it's more than just that one off, well, you know, I've I've <laughs> I've signed the card, I've made my pledge. It is about being, I mean, conformed to the image of his son, isn't it? You know, and, and actually he talks in the second half of Romans about that. I wonder if perhaps too much have we focused on intellectual concepts and we've turned things like justification into sort of abstract ideas. This is a thing God has done for me. And we, we maybe just don't focus enough on things like character. What does it actually mean to me to be a mature follower of him? That means emotional maturity, relational maturity to others, uh, that means it is lived out, you know, among the strong and the weak, two people have different views on what stuff looks like. Are they going to love each other? And are they going to be enough of a follower of Jesus to say, my views don't matter in this, I'm going to let your views matter more. And I, and I just think, um, yeah, we, 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 we need to be talking far more about things like character and emotional 
maturity and uh, being you know being people who are really self-aware uh, and 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 know about why do I react like I do why do things frustrate me like I do what what drives my need to, to be having a go at people all the time yeah that's where the rubber hits the road uh, isn't it you know the abstract concepts are great but they only take us so far yeah yeah thank you Trevor thank you Thank you. Any the last question, reflection before we go into our breakout rooms? Kathleen, I think that's the only hand I see. So yeah, awesome. Hi, is that me? Am I on? Yes, you're on. <laughs> okay. Um, I was just thinking about the idea of no condemnation and um how it might be quite difficult to grasp that when when the the kind of the end part of that is there's no condemnation um you are loved by the father and you are his child when you know many of us may well have had condemnation from our fathers and i think that's probably quite a hard one to reconcile no i i i agree kathleen yeah and it's it is something we have to be mindful of you know, in, in all the all the imagery, all the family imagery that we we find in scripture, uh, you know, it, it it will confront many of us at, at different times with yes, that which God gives us, but that which we might find hard to almost appropriate, I suppose, because because of experiences we've had, and I, and I um. I, I am sure that the family of God can be a place of, of healing for those of us who, who have experienced that brokenness. But I, I, I just think you're right to point it out. I don't think I can say anything else other than, but we cannot gloss over and, and presume that to be an easy process. Um, yeah, we have, we have, we have to recognise that. And, and I agree, be sensitive to how we use that that language as well, yeah. It's it's about um, kind of how how do we see the perfect father, isn't it? You know, because yeah. God is perfect, yeah. but it's like how do you kind of get your head around that? I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah absolutely. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. So I'll break you all into breakout rooms now. I'm just